You're listening to The Zeitgeist, a podcast focused on Germany, the United States, and the transatlantic relationship. Join us as we discuss economics, trade and technology, politics, security, and a lot more. I'm Jeff Rathke, president of the American German Institute at Johns Hopkins University. Welcome to all of our listeners here at uh, The Zeitgeist. And we are talking today about the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel and the Israeli response and the international implications, uh, including for the Israeli-German relationship, which, uh, of course, throughout uh, Germany's post-war history since Israel's creation has been an important part of German foreign policy. Uh, indeed, in recent years, and especially since the Hamas attack uh, last month, uh, it has been defined as, uh, to use the German word, Staatsräson, um, as raison d'etat, as a, a central uh, element of Germany's fundamental interests. And this uh, means that for, uh, for Germans, for Israel as well, uh, that this uh, relationship is extremely close, um, uh, but it also um, has uh, you know, some space for disagreement for different interpretations, and those come to the fore in a very particular way, given Germany's history um, and the uh, Holocaust, uh, which lives on in the memory of, of the German state, uh, but also, of course, in Israel. And so to talk about uh, the German-Israeli relationship and the situation in Israel now, we are proud uh, to have with us uh, Professor Gisela Dachs. Uh, welcome, Gisela. Welcome, thanks. Um, she is a professor at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem. Uh, before becoming a professor, she had a, a very successful career as a journalist, uh, among other publications with Die Zeit. And uh, and so she is now based. You're you're joining us from Tel Aviv today. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, we've also been uh, very pleased to, to publish her analysis of German-Israeli relations earlier this year on the 75th anniversary of Israel's founding. You can find the link to that in our show notes. So um, uh, also today with me, uh, of course, is Eric Langenbacher, who is a senior fellow and director of our Society, Culture and Politics program. Uh, good morning, Eric. Good morning. So we are talking on November 6th, just to get the date. And uh, this is a fast moving set of uh, uh, circumstances. So uh, folks know when we're talking. Um, but Gisela, could I start maybe with a, a general question? How is the mood in Israel now, uh, almost exactly one month after uh, the Hamas attack? Well, uh, uh, nothing back to normal. Uh, there will really be a kind of a before and after a 7th of October uh, 2023. Uh, and I think what's uh, uh, what's maybe abroad not so easily uh, to, to, to be grasped is that the events are still unfolding and ongoing. I mean, we just had rocket attacks again in the south, uh, also in the north right now. Uh, we have fighting in dire conditions in Gaza with uh, soldiers uh, going in, being killed. Uh, we have 57% of our undergraduate students are being drafted, 20% of our graduated students. So this is all this. Do you Israel. mean at the at the Hebrew University the or Hebrew through, across? Yes, okay. yes. Probably with the higher numbers even, even in Tel Aviv. You have uh, 20, 241 hostages 
including babies with their families in Israel, being completely worn out, not knowing what to do anymore. And you do have uh, around 250,000 evacuated Israelis from the south and from the north. They are going here in Tel Aviv, they are around, and some of them have no place to go back to because the kibbutzim are burnt, nothing left. Or others say, in Sterot, we don't want to go back as long as the border is not a safe place uh, uh, to be anymore. So uh, uh, it's a mixture of things uh, that uh, the event in Israel is still ongoing and we don't know for how long this will continue to be so and how much uh, events might still change in the north so um i'd like to now transition into some of your thoughts about uh, specifically the german reaction to everything that's been going on you know it was pointed out that olaf schultz the chancellor was one of and probably the first foreign head of government to visit israel after the hamas terrorist attacks so in your opinion, how would you assess the official German governmental response to the current strife? Do you think that its response is in character with previous policy? Do you think that their um, words of solidarity have been more rhetorical than real? And also, have you noticed any kind of shifts in the emphases? Uh, it seems to me that initially there was strong, unconditional support for Israel and its response. Uh, but now once hearing... Um, support for, um, you know, humanitarian pauses, uh, a ceasefire even. So uh, what, what are your thoughts on the overall German official response to what's been going on? I mean, first of all, I would say Germany in that sense is not so different from other European countries on the one hand. Uh, also, uh, the fact that you have had, we had this in the past, that you had initially then very understanding reactions for Israel, but once you have the pictures coming out from Gaza and you have a, a, a counter a counter offensive to, to minimize or, or eliminate the threat, then it's a question of time, how much uh, uh, public opinion also will get uh, uh, different. Uh, I think this time uh, German officials were pretty quick. I mean, I, I remind you that the foreign minister Baerbock, she was here twice, uh, and uh, a few days ago, uh, Chancellor Scholz spoke for the third time with Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister here, who pointed it out in the bigger frame. I mean, also the French president was here, the British prime minister. So you had lots of visits from an Israeli perspective. I mean, the only uh, uh, man who counts in town was Joe Biden. I mean, there is just no other uh, other way to say. I mean, Europeans, it's nice. But uh, uh, even if we talk about uh, uh, helping Israel in terms of military uh, support, I mean, it's rather Israel that delivers right now weapons to Germany than the other way around. Uh, I think on a, on a deeper layer, you could have uh, said, well, uh, Germany and Iran, maybe these relations uh, have been uh, should be more questioned. Uh, for From an Israeli point of view, it is not... Uh, uh, it's not it's good that they were here. And then the question always comes up, could they be mediator in the hostage affairs? There you had in the past uh, uh, German mediators who were very important uh, uh, to, to go in between. Uh, right now, I'm not sure whether there are many of them involved. I mean, it's always Qatar. And then you had to have Egypt and, and, and Amman, I guess, 
Baerbock also tried there. I'm not sure. Maybe there are also German mediators involved. Maybe not. That was always one of these territories. What you do have uh, 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 was the video of uh, Vice Chancellor Habeck. I think yes. that was an interesting change in in terms of uh, uh, clarity coming, especially from the Green Party. And it was in this uh, video uh, uh, that was nine minutes uh, long, which had been watched 15 million times in three days, where he was really clear and asking for moral clarity when it comes to support Israel, uh, with all was, was concerned of the threat of Hamas, the attack and the right to defend, and especially also bringing the debate within the German discussion uh, by uh, talking also about, and here we are in also new uh, developments, talking about the migrant scene in Germany and bringing then the question in how much migrants, uh, what can be asked from them, what should be asked from them and uh, what is uh, yeah, allowed or not allowed. So it's interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we can also put a link uh, to that video in the uh, show notes. Um, that I found it a, a really fascinating um, a long form kind of statement, um, in particular, because he not only did he criticize the expressions, the manifestations of, um, in some cases, anti-Semitism happening in German cities um, and and he talked about this as in part as a uh, an issue in migrant communities, but he did not um, give a pass to uh, the rest of German society, uh, which I thought was also important, including criticizing people on the left um, in Germany. In other words, in a way from his own camp, if you want to look at it that way. Um, and 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 so I I find it interesting, Gisela, that that you point out that that this has come across, this message has come across uh, in Israel that 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 people have taken note of Habeck's uh, statement. Uh, I think they did, but it's again we are here in Israel in such an ongoing uh, unfolding story that this is rather a sideline. But I think this, if it had not been much noticed now, it will definitely it's part of these German-Israeli uh, relations. Mm -hmm. Is it a situation though where um, it sounds, as you said, uh, the the opinion that matters most is that of uh, President Biden, um, and that you've had supportive. Uh, statements and visits, including um, uh, from the German, British and French sides. Is it fair to say that Israel feels supported um, by its traditional um, uh, partners and uh, in, in the West? I think when it comes to the leadership, yes. Uh, I think that's that's uh, really clear also for uh, President Macron. Uh, is because very clearly even called for an international alliance uh, against uh, uh, fundamentalistic uh, Islam and Hamas. So I think there is this feeling that the, the leadership, uh, the leaderships elsewhere, everywhere in the West, do understand uh, the 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 problematic of the situation. But there is also this gap uh, uh, with uh, populations, with demonstrations. Uh, 
uh, with people uh, feeling like they they want to identify and also uh, emphasize with the pain of of the Palestinian side, and where very often uh, the, the 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 line between supporting Palestinians and supporting Hamas, which should be a line drawn, gets uh, gets blurred uh, and is also played on that. I mean, when you have this. Uh, also, this very typical slogan right now in Germany, free Palestine from German guilt, where here you have a direct attack on the Staatsraison by kind of saying, you know, if, if you wouldn't dig all the time uh, into the past, you could be much better standing next to uh, uh, to the to, 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 to Palestine, where it's also not clear how in which and in which borders this this Palestine should look like. Uh, whether it stops uh, next to Israel or it should be instead of Israel. That actually transitions into the the, the next uh, kind of question I had. So I understand that you're recently back from um, traveling in both Paris and Berlin. Um, and so I'm wondering uh, what your impressions are, what your thoughts are on, you know, I don't know, the civil societal or the 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 level of the street. You know, I read, read an interesting analysis recently that, of course, those who understand Arab politics have long understood you have to understand the street and that one of the implications of what's going on now uh, in Israel and Gaza is that there's now a street in many kind of Western capitals as well. Um, also in Washington, D.C., we had a massive pro-Palestinian rally uh, just on Saturday. So I'm just wondering what, what your impressions of, I guess, the Parisian or Berlin street, uh, uh, what your impressions were. First of all, there is more than the street, there are social networks. And I think that's really also uh, new in the dimension of how it play out. Uh, uh, there were, um, I had just had it, had it noted down, for example, on TikTok in Germany, there were, since the 7th of October, they had deleted 800,000 videos in one month. It's, it's usually, I mean, uh, 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 only in three months you get to this number. So meaning something has tripled. Uh, in Berlin, uh, there is Rias Berlin, which monitors anti-Semitism in the capital. You had also, during the first week after the massacre on the 7th of October, incidents had also tripled compared to the same period a year before. And in, in, in Berlin, again, and you had 937 criminal offenses committed in the context of the Middle East conflict. And that means property damage, swastikas painted, hate speech, anti-Israeli anti slogans. Uh, I mean, in, in Jewish communities are very much afraid to identify as Jews. I mean, Israelis have been completely warned uh, not to identify at all as Israelis and speaking Hebrew. But here we're talking about Jewish communities in Paris. Uh, uh, one morning uh, we woke up and in the 14th uh, arrondissement, uh, you had uh, a few dozens of of uh, David stars painted on on houses overnight on on Jews. Uh, there was an attack in the metro, kind of a, a, a pro Hamas Nazi slogans shouted, and in one of in Lyon, in one uh, one Jewish woman was attacked and stabbed in her house uh, was in a critical condition after she was identified as Jewish. So also Habeck in his video talks about uh, uh, Jews in Germany who don't send addresses on their letters anymore in order not to put the recipients 
at risk. So there is this kind of atmosphere right now. Uh, and I mean, uh, before we spoke about that, what is Germany doing? I mean, I think they 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 are very clear, uh, uh, maybe more than others, about uh, uh, activity related to Hamas. Uh, to be firm on that. So you have, the, for example, the Samidun Palestinian Prisoner Solidarity Net Net Network, which is a proxy for the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. They had been banned. They are one of the main organizers worldwide, by the way, of, of this, one could really say, pro-Hamas demonstrations, or at least where, where, where you really, it's not, not clear at all for whom one goes here. So, and also in Germany, all activity related directly to Hamas uh, is, is officially banned uh, as it is intertwined uh, with the migration debate. So then the question comes up, yeah, praising Hamas, in fact, is seen as a criminal act. So once you are a, a, a migrant uh, with German citizenship, you might face trial. Uh, if you're not a German citizen, you might face uh, um, deportation or, the, or, or not being allowed to remain anymore. So what you have here in Germany, but also then in France, you have the far right. I mean, Marine Le Pen right now is jumping on the whole situation in a big way. Uh, using this by saying, you see, these migrants are not good for our society, should have been thrown out a long time ago. So this is now all intertwined. And also in Germany, the far right uh, jumps on it in a very hypocritical way. I mean, as we know, anti-Semitism yeah. is not linked only to one camp. It also exists there or a lot there. So that's an easy way now to point to the uh, to the migrants, but it also doesn't liberate the migrants uh, uh, from the question of their own place in in German society and what what goes with it. So then comes the question of of and this is a lot talked about right now. What are we allowed in Germany? How much are we allowed to identify with the suffering also of the Palestinians? That is a kind of a claim in the air where it is suggested in a way that one is not allowed to, to identify. Here I would say it's it reminds me a lot of the of, of 9-11 in, in, in the United States, where in a way you had instead of clearly condemning uh, the attacks of the radical radical Muslims in the name of Islam by saying, I don't want to have to do anything with it. And then saying, okay, but I, we might have very much differences about how the way how to go about it. This is already almost jumped over by saying, you know, I don't have to condemn because this means that I'm already in favor of them, which is not true. So don't force me to condemn. But you can say, I mean, Muslim communities could, spokespeople could have a clear word on that also as, an, as a signal to their own communities. So they, they kind of, jump a lot over this moment of saying something very bad has happened and we don't want that and going then immediately into the yeah saying now islamophobia will be ramping and we are not allowed to to uh, to yeah to emphasize uh, 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 with the palestinians who are definitely in gaza suffering mm -hmm. if i can just jump in really quickly for a second um i wanted to observe that you know, we've been talking about um, Paris, Berlin, European countries more generally. But, you know, there's also a lot going on in the United States. I read somewhere this morning that there's been a 400 percent increase in the anti-Semitic incidents on campuses uh, across this country. 
And certainly when I observe the mood on various uh, university campuses, it seems much more pro-Palestinian than before. And there have even been um, signs uh, seen, you know, Palestine from river to sea, which seems to be quite um, common these days. And, and obviously, you know, quite concerning when you see messages like that, that imply that Israel um, shouldn't exist. But like, how are Israelis? I mean, we know how some government figures are responding to some of these demonstrations, to some of these sentiments. But what? how is Israeli society responding to what, in my view, is a kind of unprecedented degree of support for um, for Gazans, Palestinians, and also, as you noted, um, Hamas? I mean, uh, uh, I can I can talk about Israeli academia because here uh, this was interesting to see that usually uh, uh, Israeli academics are very much on the liberal left liberal uh, side of of the, of the political spectrum, and after having seen this kind of strange uh, uh, statements from also Harvard University, Stanford University, and others, it continues to go there. It's more and there are more and more letters. Uh, by Israeli uh, uh, university presidents and directors and deans saying, I mean, why is it so difficult for you to, 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 to condemn these murderous attacks of Hamas? Why doesn't this even appear where well, this is condemning on both sides, violence on both sides? Uh, 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 why in order is it to keep the community together as a priority and the conflict is a dividing issue? Why do you have to lose every moral clarity on these kind of things. So there is there is this awareness and uh, uh, yeah, you, you see, you feel and see the divide that this is something where people write back saying, I mean, how could you just not mention what happened on the 7th of October? And this is really glossed over. And I think the, the reason for it is definitely this, this, this willingness to keep the community together and you have you know, the Middle East conflict is a dividing issue and you don't want to get into all these uh, discussions. And I think there is the post-colonial debate, which is very much underlying that in a very fashionable way where Israel in its also pre-67 border is seen as a colonial state. And not for what it maybe mainly was, also was also a national emancipation project of and for the Jews. So and, and this makes it really from the moment on then Israel as such is seen as something illegitimate. Uh, then you have to find your way around and 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 not, I mean, I think many of these things are just not spelled out. So you 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 go around. Yeah, and and I think you know you've you've made uh, made this point I think uh, in a quite compelling way that uh, you know there is there is a line between uh, support for Palestinians, um, many of whom are suffering as you uh, highlighted, and support for Hamas, and I think it's the absence of that um, fundamental um, uh, you know, judgment um, that is causing lots of confusion. Frankly, um, because yeah. people are people who should know better um, are unable, unwilling, uh, for whatever reasons, uh, to start from that first point uh, to say there that a, a brutal and unprecedented uh, terrorist attack on Israel has taken place um, that must be condemned categorically, um, and then you know further um, uh, you can you can take your analysis, um, but you have to start there. 
I think also that's that's probably people people are not knowledgeable enough about that. I mean, being pro Hamas, Hamas does not have a liberation narrative for a Palestinian state. So uh, if we now the question is being brought up, uh, two states and both people should live in in secured borders, one can only say yeah, but this is never what Hamas wanted, and Hamas did in the past. Uh, uh, suicide attacks, waves of that in order to stop a process, the Oslo process, and then also during the Second Intifada, in order to stop processes that that were supposed to lead to a state solution, because that's exactly what Hamas wanted to prevent. So... And in this case, uh, you know, uh, one of the motivating factors, maybe not the only one, but of course, was the the um, impending rapprochement um, and normalization between Israel and Saudi Arabia. Um, so you know, it's it's consistent uh, with that uh, sort of uh, uh, destructive uh, you know, uh, motivation uh, that uh, Hamas has uh, exhibited throughout its history. This is probably one of the, I would say, Maybe lights in in a, in a whole in a whole discussion about what could be the aftermath on that. Uh, I think that the condemnations uh, of now the military operation in Gaza coming emanating from these states that you have just mentioned of the Abraham Accords, uh, the Emirates, even Saudi Arabia, are much uh, uh, less strong than uh, in the past when you had this kind of operation, and this one is definitely much a stronger one. Which points also there to some kind of uh, uh, they are also made at 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 radical Islam. They also feel threatened by these kind of of groups, and they cannot really be in favor of a military or, uh, operation because that 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 doesn't go through in their countries uh, neither. But you, I think, you do have a separation in the in the Middle East, and I would say it's also in the world where about moderates and more radicals. Uh, and there you have have a different different axis, and here you have also Putin and Iran uh, and Hamas being sitting somehow now together in one camp, and you and then you have uh, you know the other camp aligned with with the Americans. Um, so Gisela, um, I, I'm curious also. You know, Israel is not a monolithic society, and uh, anyone who was following international affairs um, uh, in the last half year um, has seen that Prime Minister Netanyahu has uh, come under a lot of domestic criticism for his uh, judicial reform um, uh, project and so forth. Um, now, how how would you assess the reaction of Israeli society to uh, to this attack? Of course, it has galvanized support in one way for the government. Um, but um, you know that's uh, that's only one dimension of it. So how do you how do you see Israeli society holding together um, in light of uh, uh, the the recent past? First of all, I don't think it has galvanized support for the government. Uh, I mean, we have two governments. There's this emergency government where uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu is still in there, which is something that is swallowed because it would have been too complicated right now to make also changes on that level. Uh, and then you have the other old government in place and uh, where criticism is so heavy uh, that they uh, uh, that they were not they are not functioning even when they should now. It's really mainly the civil society managing 
a huge or managed now little by little now little by little institutions get more into into their work but it was a civil society who was quicker to help to evacuate even to fight when needed uh, to be there to get organized uh, for the ev uh, evacuated people to find funds so that there was even a certain point where they, they not only accused the government of not doing anything but they were telling the government please don't disturb us don't 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 stand in our way uh, so you cannot i mean the government has no support also in polls uh, uh, they have completely uh, they, they've gone down uh, with the support there would be no way to get a government together according to the old lines so right now the the main uh, uh, as as I, I was telling at the beginning as this is still an ongoing story we are very much in the middle of this whole thing all the strength is needed uh, to get uh, uh, the threats down uh, there is always then a question, but this already is a different discussion about the end game. What, what will then happen later on in Gaza, uh, where also Washington with a big bear hug has uh, put pressure on Israel by saying, you know, you should know where you're going to. Do not repeat mistakes that we, the Americans, did in the past. Yeah. Uh, so this is also, this would be uh, still another discussion. But I think right now in Israel is uh, people are very mad at the government, but have the feeling this right now doesn't really help further. Let's put politics aside. Once this is over, and I think this at least one can say is with 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 much certainty. I mean, Netanyahu won't be there afterwards, and probably not many of these uh, of these people with him in his old government, as it becomes pretty clear that they are many of them are completely useless in 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 this context right now. Oh, Gisela, um, you know, uh, I think we're almost out of time. Um, I did want to ask one more specific question, uh, kind of to piggyback on what you were just uh, talking about. And that is, I mean, we've heard obviously reports, but maybe you have more insight being right there in Israel. I mean, how was this attack possible in the first place? I mean, Israel is respected around the world for its security apparatus, for its intelligence, for its actual, you know, physical security uh, measures. Uh, what are people saying? Like, how was this horrible terrorist attack even possible in the first place? Well, first of all, this is one of the, funda of the fundamental questions uh, uh, that we are left with. This is also something that will have to be thoroughly examined. Uh, and uh, it will be also once this is over, this will have to be looked in depth. Uh, one of the main uh, considerations why this had happened was saying that there was this, what is called conceptia, false conception uh, of thinking that Hamas is deterred. Hamas might have, you know, be getting stronger, but is deterred and will not attack. So it's a complete failure of the intelligence uh, of uh, uh, not having known that Hamas has planned the attack almost at least for a year long, if not longer, with very specific de detailed plan where they have written down the, until the smallest steps of what to do, how to do. Uh, the the day when itself it happened, lots of the forces of the army, uh, uh, they were stationed in the West Bank. You know, it was uh, uh, Sukkot, the Jewish holiday. 
uh, thinking one had to protect their uh, 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 settlers in the West Bank. Uh, uh, so the forces were there and until they were then called and managed to get to the to the border close to the Gaza Strip, many, many hours passed in between. It took a long time uh, and that really caused an incredible trauma. I mean, not only for the border communities there who had been partly completely decimated, uh, uh, but also for the self-understanding of Israel, where you, you where the army helps you and, and, and is there to protect you. So that is part of this collective trauma uh, uh, that that cannot even be started to be healed as as the trauma is 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 still ongoing now. This this morning were talks that people living in Modein, which is not close from which is close from the to the airport and from the uh, uh, green line separating Israel from the West Bank, that and also in 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 the north that people hear noises in the night in their cellars. So whether these are new tunnels being built and the fear of now that people might come out uh, and even if the noises come from elsewhere, there's completely panic when you have this then spread in in, in, in social media. So this is this kind of atmosphere uh, uh, of, of fear, of, of insecurity, of helplessness. Right now, the army is, is, is functioning back. I mean, there's a lot of trust in the army from the Israeli society, I think it's important to mention. Uh, the, the, the emergency government has a limited number of trust because there are other people sitting in there mm-hmm. next to Netanyahu. So uh, uh, that is more or less uh, uh, the procedure, decision-making processes right now. Yeah. There was a vote in the United Nations General Assembly um, where the Europeans were divided. Four European Union member states voted against the resolution, uh, in particular because it did not uh, call out Hamas specifically by name uh, for uh, the terrorist attack. Germany was one of the uh, majority of EU member states that abstained um, rather than uh, voting no. Um, and the there was a significant criticism of of those European states for for failing to stick by their principles. Um, uh, how did this go over uh, in Israel? Well, this, I would say, was not gone unnoticed. Uh, that was really something, I mean, we have seen this in the past, that in uh, UN votes, or also sometimes in EU votes, Germany, in fact, prefers to abstain in a vote by saying, I mean, we do, the German line very often is to justify this saying, saying we do enough behind the scenes, so we take care of that, but in official forums, we try then to to be more aligned with our allies and here uh, within Europe or, or in the Western world. And here, France, for example, voted in favor also, where Macron was here deciding also to, to go the other way around. Uh, I think it's Puzzling that Germany indeed uh, here with all the rhetorics about the Staatsraison abstained, but it is not something new. I would rather say it's it's pretty much in line with what we have seen in the past, but it was something that that yeah was noticed in Israel. Although it is not, uh, I would say here relations are probably strong enough that it's not really hold too much against Scholz or Baerbock or others. Mm-hmm. Of course, I think from my perspective, it also clearly indicates the limits 
of uh, of and the the potential of a common EU foreign policy, um, because when it comes down to an issue that is uh, critical and sensitive for any of the member states, they go their own way, um, and uh, and so. You know, all of the rhetoric about uh, European unity and European integration and qualified majority voting in foreign affairs decisions and so forth as ways of of innovating and making the EU more of a global player. I, I think uh, we see in this case why that is extremely unlikely to work. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, I think also people have not read yet recovered yet from Ukraine. I mean, also Ukraine is still ongoing and finding their common position, what they manage more or less to stick together. Uh, but here, the Middle East conflict, it is a much more divisive issue. But it comes on the top of, uh, on the backdrop even of the war now with with Ukraine and yeah if we had if we had 90 minutes of your time and uh, and that much attention from uh, our listeners we might talk about uh, israeli russian relations uh, as well but i think we'll have to save that for another discussion unfortunately i want to thank you uh, professor gisela dax uh, for spending this time with us and shedding a really important light on the international and also the domestic dynamics um, in Israel and in its relations uh, with its major partners. Um, extremely helpful for us and for our listeners to uh, understand what is happening now, uh, what direction it may go in, and what the most important uh, fundamental principles are uh, that we all have uh, to keep in mind um, as we look um, at the uh, frightful violence unleashed by Hamas uh, through its terrorist attacks on Israel. So thank you for taking time to be with us, Gisela, and we look forward to being in touch again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Zeitgeist, a podcast produced by the American German Institute at Johns Hopkins University. You may know us under our old name, the American Institute for Contemporary German Studies. Send us your feedback by email at info at AICGS.org or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we have new handles at A-M-G-E-R-I-N-S-T. And also please visit our website at AmericanGerman.Institute, formerly AICGS, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Thanks. Thanks.